From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wilts Couture, information technology expert at New Core Steel Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today we'll talk about some things to consider when buying a new computer. What kind do you need? Do you need a device like a tablet instead? What if the computer you have now can be fixed? We'll talk about those things, and you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464, or send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today in studio by Wilts Couture, information technology expert at New Core Steel Jackson in Flowood and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Also joining me, Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today we'll be talking about some things to consider when buying a new computer. What kind do you need for your daily lifestyle? Also, do you even need a computer? Should you be looking at a tablet or a smaller device? What if the computer you have now can be fixed. We'll talk about those things. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you're thinking about buying a new computer. Maybe you have a new one and you're uh, wanting to let us know how it's going. Call us at 877-MPB-RING. And of course, if you have any general tech questions, you can call us with those as well. If you can't call, you can send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Jeremy and Wiltz. How goes it? Good morning. How's y'all's week been going? Great. Um, I'm very curious to hear about what you guys have been up to in the the tech world. Well, first of all, let's get to this DDoS attack uh, that they have been talking about on the news a whole lot. Basically, I think the Internet was hacked. Uh, So let's talk about that. When when you guys heard that, what were you thinking? Uh Uh-oh. Yep. Here we go again. (laughs) Another round of this. so uh, we should probably explain what a DDoS attack is. That's a, a distributed denial of service attack. And basically uh, someone has created what is called a botnet, which is a bunch of intelligent machines out there that are constantly asking web servers if they're available for uh, activity. So they send out a signal that says, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? A hundred thousand times and the server gets overwhelmed by those requests and it tries to answer them as fast as it can. Well, this particular botnet was created by lots of in-home devices. Uh, You might have heard of the IoT, the Internet of Things. Uh, this so, has, so like refrigerators man, too. Like I was re- I was reading that a lot of the those really smart devices were affected. Your your refrigerators, your thermostats, and things like that. I didn't read specifically about refrigerators, but it's pretty much any device like that. Any smart device could be susceptible to this. 
and one of the main causes is people aren't changing their passwords. So oh. you have default passwords on these devices, and so it's admin passwords. So somebody creates a piece of software that goes out there and sweeps the internet for all those admin password devices and adds them to the botnet, literally creating little electronic zombies to do their bidding. <laughs> a lot of people were bothered because I think Twitter stopped working, uh, Netflix stopped working. Lots of people were complaining about not being able to watch Stranger Things. Um, so for the average person, you know, would you say changing the passwords? What are some things people can do? Uh, what does does any of the responsi- responsibility fall on the consumer when it comes to this type of attack? Yeah, definitely. I think it does. Something really as simple as just changing that password, not keeping the default. I mean, there are there are lists all over the Internet that can tell you the default password. Um, For example, if there are anybody out there with a a Linksys home wireless router, I can tell you right now, your default password is admin and Mm -hmm. admin or admin and password. I mean, it's just well known. Simply changing that can really reduce your attack, you know, surface, how vulnerable you are to it. Mm-hmm. So is everything okay now? The internet is working fine again. Uh, for the most part, I'd say <laughs> yes, but the problem has not been resolved. Right. Uh, those bots are still out there. The zombies are still waiting for their next orders. So and all the Walking Dead fans are afraid right now. You're right? <laughs> yeah. If it, if it would have messed us up on Sunday, that could have been a problem. Mm. You know. Okay. Well, it's something to to be concerned about. Uh, it's been all over the news. It was like my my grandmother even said, "Rita, have you heard about this this internet attack?" So right. you if know, grandma's telling you, it's got to be a big yeah, deal. Yeah, it, it must be serious. Right. Um. But uh, Jimmy, what are some things you've been working on this week in the tech world? Uh. Well, this week I'm uh, helping a client migrate his uh web server. Uh. He used CSpire as a host, but he hasn't been happy with their stuff. His website was hacked recently, so we're going to be moving him to a much more secure host, and we're also going to make sure that we keep his site. Uh, up to date. Uh, in addition to that, we're always doing screen repairs and battery replacements on iPhones. And uh, right now, I'm also learning to micro solder, which is um, frustrating, uh, like very much like surgery. And the slightest movement that you make, you never know just how much that is until you get under a microscope and see your hand moving, even though you don't feel mm. like you're moving. Yeah, I had a bad dream. I dreamed that I dropped my iPhone and the, the screen cracked, and I was so blessed to wake up and know that it was just a dream. Oh, was, thank you, It Lord. felt so real. Right. It really did. Right. Uh, Wilts, what's been going on in your tech world? Well, you know, kind of going right back, back to the uh, to the phone changes that have been going on. Some of y'all might have saw there's been an update that came out on iOS. So Apple just updated again, adding a few new features. Um we got quite a few phones up at work, so we had a couple of them that didn't, weren't quite too happy with the update, but we managed to get them through there. It was just a little bit of a little bit of finagling for that. So mm-hmm. Par for the course, pretty much, oh, right, Wilkes? Oh, yeah. As soon as an update comes out, you know there's going to be some headaches coming along. Yes, sir. Well, my mom just got the new iPhone 7 Plus, and she was bragging about it because I have the iPhone 6 Plus. So I hope she's listening, and maybe she'll call in and let us know how that iPhone 7 is working for her. I've not yet done this update. I keep getting the, the message to update to the new software, and I've not done it just yet. I heard that I don't have to, so I don't know. Well, your mom's going to get a new feature. With the 7 Plus, they're actually getting the portrait mode on the camera, which is supposed to make the images look a little bit more like an SLR mm. camera. So she'll have, you know, she might have one up on you. might have to be looking at that. You yeah, know. okay. We'll see. Well, I'm satisfied with my, <laughs> my 6. I would um, say, uh, as far as the upgrades go, de- hold off as long as you can. On the software? Oh, yeah. If you're, not, if you're not missing any functionality on your phone, if everything's working, just stick with it. Unless Apple says, we found a huge security hole in uh, iOS 10, update to the latest version, 
stick with what you got. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't the case on this one. There wasn't anything, any major security bleeps out there. Mm -hmm. It's good. Well, uh, we're going to be talking about today, you know, holiday season season is approaching, but uh, this is something that can be talked about any time of the year, which is determining when to get a new computer. Um, Because sometimes computers reach their lifespan. I have a laptop and it is running slowly and it's cutting off for no reason. Uh, I've had it for almost five years. And so I believe it has probably reached its lifespan. Uh, but I'd just like to get your thoughts on that when it comes to buying new devices, something like a, a desktop computer. We'll start with that. Uh, what is the lifespan of a computer like that? Uh, I would say for a desktop computer, you're pr- well, Desktops are going to last a little bit longer. So I would say a desktop, you'll probably get somewhere between three and six years. And with a laptop, uh, averages about three to five years. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of you looking for a new computer, if you've already gone through and, you know, like if you've gotten somebody to reinstall Windows for you or anything like that, and you're still noticing that the machine's just not up to par, I would say it might be time to consider a replacement. But I always advise my clients that you shouldn't replace your device until it dies on you, oh. unless you just aren't happy with it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, And Wiltz, what are your thoughts on that on, you know, because sometimes things are uh, dysfunctional with uh, with a device. How do you know if something just needs to be fixed? Like uh, if you could get a replacement battery, kind of like you would with a car, you know, every time something goes wrong with your car, you don't necessarily go buy a new car. So how do you know or what are some things to look for when it's like, okay, well, maybe this is something I can fix as opposed to just getting a new device? Well, I think one of the first things you start looking for is, is it performing the task that you've always wanted it to do as you've normally expected it? I mean, like with a lot of things, over time, you may not notice the slowdowns going on with it. Um, sometimes you just may not pay attention to them as much. But, you know, here recently, I'll use my wife as an example. Um, she just finally came in to me and said, okay, I need a new computer. Hmm. Um, many times before on that, it's usually been, okay, let me go in there and tweak a few things, make sure you haven't caught any little cooties by, you know, surfing <laughs> on the Internet somewhere. <laughs> and... um and, you know, sometimes that will clean it on up. And, and over the course of uh, time, we've done things like adding a little bit of memory. I usually tell people, you know, look at adding memory to the computer. It's a very cheap upgrade that you can do that can actually give you a little bit more performance. And um, so we've done that. And actually, believe it or not, her computer is approaching eight years old. Mm. And it, it what is, kind it, is it? It's a, just an older Dell. Okay. Uh, first generation of the iProcessors. Um, you know, and it's done great for what we needed it to do. Um, you know, most of her... Most of her work with it is going to be, you know, evolved around, you know, email, pictures, um, especially in this day and age with us having two kids. There's just a ton of pictures. So a lot of bulk storage, but it just wasn't meeting that. I mean, it was just taking longer for it to wake up. Um, there's definitely things you can do to clean the computer up, and I would definitely look at that, like I said. But when it does get to that point, and I think most of us kind of realize it's kind of like, you know, you use the uh, the car. You mentioned the car. Same kind of thing. Eventually, your car just kind of gets to where it's just not it's letting you down. Mm-hmm. And if the computer, in my mind, if it starts letting you down, then that's definitely a time to be looking elsewhere. Now, uh, Jeremy, you mentioned, you know, uh, uh, keeping the computer until it dies. Well, if you notice that your computer is acting weirdly, what can you do to protect things like documents and important stuff before it dies completely and you can't recover those things? Um, I would say either back up to uh, an external hard drive or a flash drive, uh, but also use uh, the online services like Dropbox or Google Drive for your really important stuff. Um, I tell people so often, like, I'm sorry, you know, we lost the patient. 
the you, your data is gone, you know, and if people would do more routine backups, I would I would have to tell a lot of a lot less people that kind of bad news. Mm-hmm. So definitely uh, backing up your stuff on a regular basis. Now, if your computer died on you, that does not mean that your data has gone bye bye for good. So you may be able to extract the drive or seek a professional to extract the drive and uh, get all of your information off. Because most of the time when a computer dies, it's not the hard drive that died. It's the motherboard or the processor or something else. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and when we get back, we'll talk about things like why does a computer's process processor matter? Uh, what's the latest level of processors computers have now? Those things that can affect the speed and performance uh, of the computer. We'll talk about that. We'll get into random access memory or RAM, what that is, and do computer brands matter? This morning we're talking about some things to consider when buying a new computer, whether it be a desktop or laptop. You can give us a call and let us know. If you're considering buying a new device, you can call us at 877-MPB-RING. Also, if you have any general questions maybe about backing up your data or upgrading software, call us at 877-672- 7464. All our lines are open. 877 MPB ring or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back in just a moment. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined in studio today by Wilts Cotrer, information technology expert at Newcore Steel Jackson and Flowood and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today we're talking about some things to consider when buying a new computer, desktop, laptop. What kind do you need for your particular lifestyle? Or do you need a device like a tablet instead? And what can you do to fix a computer instead of getting a new one? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions or comments about buying a new device like a computer or a laptop or how to uh, kind of diagnose know some issues on it, call us at 877-MPB-RING. If you have any uh, general tech questions, you can give us a call as well. The number is 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. All right, guys, here's an email. This one is from Gloria. I bought narration for a book on Kindle. If I listen in the car, am I using data? Yes, you are. Um, While audio is uh, smaller form of streaming data. I mean, it's still going to add up on your data plan, um, but it's not like watching Netflix. But you do need to keep an eye on your data limits just to be sure that you're not going over because depending upon how many books you're listening to, that can add up. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, when you're buying a new device, some things to think about. Um, why does a computer's processor matter? I think you have like a little core processor in the thing. If I were to think about it, I would think about it as the brain of the computer. I, don't know, I could be right or wrong. That's accurate. That's it. Um, but why does this matter and how strong of a brain should you be looking for when you're thinking about getting a new computer? Well, a, a lot depends on what you're wanting to do with that computer. If you're a... Um you know, some of the more intensive processes that we do with our computers, say, for example, manipulating photos, playing with video, um, 
you know, especially if you're editing any of those things. Um, heavy multitasking, maybe, you know, someone who does like some accounting that maybe has multiple screens up. But, you know, a lot of heavy computing like that is going to really utilize that brain. And I think that's a, that's a perfect um, analogy for it. I've always thought of it also as kind of like the traffic cop. It directs all the other pieces in the computer on how they're doing. And the faster it can do that, the faster it can do those tasks. And and just in my experience, I've seen, you know, things with photo and video are really intensive. Also, a few people that I know that do some music manipulation, music uh, editing, mm-hmm. really see an advantage from that. If you're looking at it more of, as I kind of joke around and say, a, uh, a glorified typewriter, if what you're doing is a lot of, <laughs> you know, um, you know, answering emails, doing a little bit of surfing on the Internet, but not really doing anything video, audio intensive like that. And the processor, you don't need to necessarily spend as much in that area, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that as well. Um, most people, uh, I would, I, I say glorified Facebook sh- machine myself because yeah. most people aren't typing on it anymore. But um, yeah, same thing. Uh, you don't need anything super awesome to browse Facebook or get on the internet. We've literally been doing that for 20 years now, uh, effectively with technology. So um, obviously a lot longer than that, but uh, consumer models have been around for about that long. And I'd say that, you know, it, just about any machine that you go and get um, is going to do the basic stuff. Now, having said that, I do want to caution people that there are uh, lower quality processors that they put in these cheaper machines. So if you go out to Walmart and you buy you a 200 or $300 machine, don't expect much out of it. It's going to have a lower grade processor. It's going to be uh, slower. And personally, if it says Intel Celeron on it, I, I'm not going to touch it. Hmm. Um, I, I do know that Celerons have made uh, better strides with their uh, their quad core setups, but I, I still I've, I've had Celeron machines and I had nothing but issues with them, and they were always slow. So I, I say avoid the Celerons. That's an interesting interesting thought. We're going to talk a little bit more about where to buy these computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll go to the phones first, though. Jared is in Hattiesburg with a question. Good morning, Jared. What do you have for us? Uh, I just switched from a PC to a Mac, and I'm not really sure how to speed up Mac computers. I'm using a laptop, kind of a older MacBook Pro. I was just wondering if you guys had any advice on that. Okay. So your uh, your Mac, you just got it and it's already slow? Well, it's actually a 13-year-old Mac, and I cleaned it up for the most part with what I could do with okay. what I already know, but uh, I'm not used to this. So a 13-year-old Mac, uh, mm. is that a what, – what color is it? Is it? Is it rather colorful? It sounds like it's a power PC. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just like a regular, you know, silver – Silver. Okay. Well, uh, due to the fact that you're using an uh, older machine, depending on the processor that's in it, it's actually uh, it's possible that it's not even supported anymore uh, because Macs went from using their power processors to using uh, Intel processors. So there's a there's a dramatic speed shift uh, when you uh, change over to that architecture. And uh, I'm not exactly sure which one you're using. Um, But I would say given the age of your machine and everything, um, your processors, they need to be uh, brought up to date from time to time. And it's not something that you can do by installing software on it. It's literally just a limitation of the hardware itself. So um, the instruction sets and things like that, uh, different um, ways that we found to streamline 
uh, data communications inside that processor, yours doesn't have any of that current technology. So I'd say that's probably where a lot of your speed issues are coming from. Now, what operating system are you running on this 13-year-old Mac? Uh, I'm running uh, Yosemite. You're running Yosemite. Okay, so you do have an Intel processor on it. Uh, I'm going to say that that Mac was not designed for that version of OS X, so you're pushing it, and the best way to get your speed out of that particular machine would be to bump up your RAM as much as possible. Okay, awesome. Thank you. All right, Jared. Thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, We go next to Lillian, who's in Nancy's with a question. Good morning, Lillian. What do you have for us? Hi. uh, I have a general question. I have access to uh, maybe 15. I don't need that many, but there's a the library here is giving away free computers. Okay. The old ones, because you're going ultra flat screen. But I'm tempted to get one for game playing, maybe, for playing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would I need other than software to get it going and a Wi-Fi connection? Well... It's hmm. an old computer. They, they're probably depends on what kind of games yeah. you're playing, really. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. Now, what are you talking I about like? Go ahead. Well, are you talking about like your Facebook games or your little small online games? Are you thinking, you know, kind of like your um, Destiny's World of Warcraft things like those? All of the above. But let me ask you this: Can I? How far can I go with the old computer? Does it depend on the software that I buy? Actually, it would depend on the hardware of what's mm-hmm. in the computer. Um, mm-hmm. Now, some libraries that I've seen, sometimes those computers are fairly old. Um, and as a result, you may run into some compa- com- eh, excuse me, compatibility issues mm. uh, for being able to run, especially newer games. Uh, memory, uh, memory is going to be a very, very large consideration. How much can that computer handle? And also, uh, just kind of like what we were just mentioning when it came to the Apple, is what is the processor capable of? So really, the age of that computer is going to really dictate just how far you can push it, especially for games, because games can be kind of, kind of intensive. They they want some resources. Okay. What about otherwise, like Twitter and Facebook profile? Oh, most of those. It should be absolutely fine. It does not take too much to get those things going. Ah. Okay. Um, I would like to add that uh, it is possible for you, uh, depending on the machine, of course, uh, to add a little bit of a beefier video card to that machine. So if you wanted to bump it up and do some gaming, you may have to turn your settings down, your graphic settings and all that. But that would uh, that would probably open up the ability for that to play uh, higher demand games. Ah, uh, okay. I hear you. Okay, I was just wondering if it was worth the money. Anything that's free, sometimes you wonder about it, and I didn't want to put money into it and it wouldn't be of my benefit otherwise than games. Free is generally a, a pretty attractive price tag. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, now, I will say um, it, it wouldn't hurt just to get one and just see, you know, what it's got yeah, in it. And, uh, you know, from there you can either toss it in the trash or, you know, put some money yeah. into it. Right. It didn't cost me anything, huh? There right. You go. <laughs> well, you can always get it and uh, get some of the information on it and maybe shoot it over to our email here on the show. And then on one of our upcoming shows, we can give you some uh, some even better advice into it, some other things we might be able to do for you. I will. It sounds like a process, and I will be asking questions if I run into any. All right, uh, Lily. Well, the address is everydaytech at mpbonline.org if you have any further questions. Thank you so I much. Will. Thank you. All right. Good luck to you. Okay. Uh, Linda is in Port Gibson has a question about uh, her desktop and power. Good morning, Linda. What do you have for us? Yes, I'm calling from Port Gibson. I have uh, 
uh, I have my computers built, so uh, it's been working all up until I guess last week, and it will come on. It won't do nothing. Plug up, you know, plug in every outlet in the house. It's a desktop, so and it won't do anything. Can you give me some general? Well, yes, ma'am. And what can I do? Yes, absolutely. Um, so you've tried to plug it into other outlets, and it's still not coming on. It's not booting up, not doing anything. Okay, and do you know if your house was possibly hit by lightning or a surge of any kind? Have any of your other electronics been acting up? No, everything else worked. Okay, and you said it, it worked, worked It worked yeah. last week, and yeah. it just won't come on anymore. Okay, I would say due to the uh, dramatic uh, drop-off, usually when a motherboard dies in a computer, it, it kind of peters off. It, it acts really strangely. But since yours just will not come on, I would say that you need to contact a PC technician and get them to install a new power supply in your computer because that's 99% of the time that's the cause. Yeah, because I want to keep my computer and just upgrade, you know, as needed. Absolutely. I've had this computer since 95, and every two years I would get it upgraded, and they would put in, you know, the new motherboard and graphics card and RAM and all of that stuff, but uh, I'm... I have to say, when you said 95, our, our eyes got a little wide here in the studio. But um, the uh, the upgrading of the motherboard and everything makes it, it brings it a little more current, so that's not as shocking to us as we thought. But, yeah, um, I would definitely just contact someone to look at putting a power supply in there for you. And good on you for, for recycling and, and trying to keep using your machine, you know, without replacing it. Kudos. Yeah, yeah that's what I do. And, you know, if it works, I mean, if I can get some views out of it, ain't no point. And throwing it away. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for your call, Linda. Uh, Thank good you. luck to you. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. All right. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we have Chris in Meridian on the line, and we have some lines open if you want to join the conversation. Uh, this morning, we've been talking about uh, computers, buying new ones, what to consider if you're buying a new computer, uh, what you can do to repair the one you have currently. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. In addition, if you have any questions about used or refurbished computers, call us at 877-672-7464. If you have any general tech questions, we'll take those as well. If you can't call, you can send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Other than that, the number is 877-MPB-RING. We'll be back in just a moment. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech. 
on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson. This morning we've been talking about some things to consider when buying a new computer or what you can do to repair the one you have. If you have any questions or comments about that, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. We're also going to talk about used computers and refurbished. If you have any questions about that, give us a call 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We go back to the phones now. Chris is in Meridian with a question. Good morning, Chris. What do you have for us? Good morning. Um, so I, I build my own PCs, and uh, I typically do a lot of gaming on them. And, uh, you know, come tax return this year, I'm, I've am i been kind of throwing around an idea in my head of putting together a new build and giving my current build to my little brother because he's been getting into gaming. Uh, but anyways, I've always used fans for cooling, and I'm kind of looking at um, water cooling. And I guess I'm just asking, uh, is it really – that much more efficient at keeping the system cool and because i do have experience building i've I've built maybe five or six pcs in total i'm just wondering is this something that that i could do or do i need to bring help in because water just you know water and and my computers don't traditionally mix it just makes me a little nervous thinking about it uh chris i've always been a little nervous about that myself as far as actually water cooling my own pc uh, so let's talk more about um, why you would want to water cool your PC, which would be if you're planning on overclocking your processor. Are you planning on doing that? Um, yeah, I was thinking about it because I'm going to go with a uh, with an i5 uh-huh. instead of an i7 processor, just because I'm not doing like video editing or anything like that, mm-hmm. and um, you know I can save a little money there and put it in my graphics card. I would say just uh, keep an eye on your uh, your processor temperatures if you're gonna go with a fan um but if you are overclocking i would suggest a water-cooled unit now um corsair uh actually and probably other manufacturers as well but i know of one uh corsair uses um they have more of a self-contained unit where you don't actually have to run hoses around your own pc so it makes you feel a little better about you know it being built in a factory and everything being contained there's not going to be any loose hoses or anything like that so i would look into one of those corsair units because you don't even have to put water in those they're they're already built from the factory and you just put it on there now i will caution you um they typically come with a bracket that you have to uh put under your motherboard so you will have to probably remove your motherboard in order to install that unit but since you're building the pc anyways it's just a uh uh, a forethought because uh, I, when I built one myself, I, I just, you know, going back to old habits, put the motherboard in, and then I was like, oh, there's a bracket I've got to install with that. Yeah. So don't make the same mistake I did. All right. I'll, uh, I'll definitely check that out. So just, I just imagine the hose coming loose and everything just destroyed. Oh. That's pretty much the I visualization. That's, that's pretty much yeah. what I've seen in my own head when I've thought, huh, yeah. I could go water cooled. <laughs> Or not. <laughs> yeah, or not. I'll, uh, I'll definitely check out the uh, Corsair system. All right. All right, Chris. All right, thank you so much. Thank you very much. And that conversation went right over my head. Uh, water cooling. I'm like, what? What are we talking about here? All right. Uh, Alan, <laughs> Jonas is like, yeah, me neither. Alan is in Brandon with a comment. Good morning, Alan. What do you have for us? Hi, guys. I, I was just going to comment on that the person that was considering getting one of those free library PCs. Uh, for, for gaming uh, and just for, for anybody getting a machine, whether it's used or new, the, the owner's manual is, is, is going to be very important and more than likely you're not going to get any kind of owner's manual with, with a library PC. So if you ever think you're going to do any kind of upgrading, 
to your computer, you, you may run into a, a problem uh, unless you're just going to take it in and, and let you know turn it over you know to, to a local shop to do that for you. But uh, all the information you're going to need about ever upgrade stuff is going to be in the owner's manual. It's going to give you the layout of the motherboard and what the various features are and whether you can add memory and how much and this and that and the other. So it, it, it's critical information to have if you can get it. Just make sure you get it. When you buy your computer, obviously you'll get something when you buy something new. I, I expect nothing comes on paper anymore since nobody's doing anything on paper. You'll get a, you'll get it on a CD probably if you're buying something new. But uh, try to get as much information as you can if you think you're going to have the computer any length of time, and especially if you think you're ever going to want to upgrade anything. So just want to make that comment. Okay. Yeah, and one thing you can definitely use with that as well, um, especially with most of your I know with your HPs and your Dells and some of those is uh, plugging that serial number in on their site, especially if you go like to their warranty support section, even for uh, computers that have an expired warranty from a manufacturer. Plugging in that serial number, um, Dell uses their service codes. It can actually give you a pretty good bit of specs on what's inside there, what options were available when it was bought, and uh, very much like the VIN number on your car, what options were available and how far can you push it. So That's good, right. good yeah, point yeah, there. The, the, the information is definitely out there. The problem is there's so much millions of information out there. It, I mean, if you know it's a, it's a particular brand and they've got a decent site and you can do like the serial number thing, that's great. But uh, uh, otherwise, if it's, if it's something a little cockeyed, it's a little kind of an off-branded something or whatever, it might be hard getting the stuff. But try, try to get as much information as you can on the front end or at least try to find out where you go on, online to get it because uh, we, we all know – Searching can, can, can be a, a, a forever task if you don't know where you're going and what you're exactly you're looking for. But uh, just want to make that comment. You know, yeah, great thoughts. Thank you. Great okay. thoughts, Alan. Thank you. Okay. Well, I, uh, I just wanted to say in response to that, um, with an older PC, um, you should still be able to take that to just about any computer shop, and they can still, you know, if they need to soup it up or whatever, they can they can find all the information they need. And sometimes if you can't find that information, good old trial and error works. So uh, someone should still be able to uh, breathe some life into that old PC despite not having any of the manuals or anything. But that is a good thought. You always do want to have the manuals with your device if you can. All right, Alan, thanks for that call. We go next to Rosina, who's in Braxton. Uh, good morning, Rosina. What do you have for us? Hi, I have a couple of old printers that need to be recycled, wondering where to go. And my club has an old print, uh, computer desktop that is dead, and we can't boot it up, but wanted to know how to clean off the hard drive. Well, not being able to boot it up definitely gives you some challenges for cleaning off the hard drive. And this is something that... um I think a lot of people need to consider on any kind of computer whether you can, even if you can boot it up and you think you've erased it. Um, I advise a lot of people, in all honesty, there's a lot to be said for a good old-fashioned drill. Taking a drill and just drilling through that particular hard drive will pretty much render it where no one's going to be able to pull your information back okay, off well, of that thing. What if? Uh, what about a working computer that you want to pass along to somebody else? Well... Uh, there are many a times that I've actually suggested to folks still just, uh, I would hold on to your, if you're passing it on to someone, I would al almost hold on to your old hard drive and just have them buy a new hard drive for it. you. Can oh, get okay. one, you can get That's one for under a hundred bucks. Um, cause if you think about it through the course of a year or years, what all have we put onto there? Yeah. You know, people do their taxes and, and just information that really they quite sensitive. honestly, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there are a lot of free tools out there that are usable 
that can pull that information back. And I've heard yeah. way too many horror stories, people buying old computers on eBay and everything else and getting people's old tax returns and mm. health insurance information. But now you also mentioned yeah. um, the recycling. Recycling, yeah. Um, now, for those of us, like, you know, right here in the Jackson area, I take a lot of old computers, for example, over to um, to Best Buy. They'll actually take okay. them in for free and then they'll actually recycle. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, regulations and rules that go into that because of lead and, uh, and yeah. some other things that they'll take those in. And usually a couple times a year, I want to say it's Magnolia Recovery Services. They'll actually do a community event that's here in Jackson. And I've heard of it at some libraries in some smaller towns where they'll pull these old computers on in and they'll actually recycle them for you. Okay. I'll keep that in mind too. Um, I know right now Best Buy has one printer in and you're buying a uh, printer, they'll give you fifteen dollars towards it. Oh, hey, there cool. you yeah. go. Yeah, it's only a time limited thing, but uh, yeah, I didn't know that they would just recycle for you. And then the Magnolia recovery is good to know. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I wanted to say, uh, just because you're uh, giving your computer uh, to someone else, um, while you may have stuff on it that you don't want them to get, um, most of the operating systems now give you a way to actually factory reset it, and it gives you the option when you do that reset uh, whether you, they want you to fully clean the drive or just reinstall the operating system. And if you choose the fully clean the drive option, it takes a considerable time for it to reset because it goes in there and tries to wipe out all that data. Now, as far as how secure that is, I'm sure that it still leaves some fragments of information. But for everyday users, I would say that would be a pretty good way to issue the computer to someone new without having to just completely scrub the drive of your old data. All right, Rosina, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. Um, and uh, before we get to the other calls, I uh, had a question. Well, let me let me go ahead and go to Roger. He's been waiting for a moment. <laughs> uh, Roger is in Florence with a question. Good morning, Roger. Well, good morning. Thank you mm-hmm. for what you do. Uh, years ago, I had a lot of fun uh, adding uh, stuff and actually add hard drives to the old uh, desktops. But now then I went to a, a laptop. And they all failed until I got Macs. Now I now have about a 10-year-old MacBook and a, I think a, maybe an 8-year-old MacBook. The 10-year-old uh, cannot be upgraded, uh, I've discovered. It's got the last available uh, OS operating system, uh, so it can't be upgraded. But its battery has failed. I tried to buy a battery. You can't get one from Apple. So that's my first question. How do I get a battery for the old computer? I, I leave it plugged in, so not having a battery doesn't disable it. And the second question is just how do you speed up an old MacBook? Uh, I don't dare buy something online that says, oh, fix your Mac, you know. Uh, but I can't get any app answer out of Apple as to what you can really do to clean one up. Now, I've eliminated cookies and that sort of stuff, but... But uh, how do you how do you clean up an old MacBook and how can I get a battery for my ten year old MacBook? All right, Roger. Let's see what we can do. All right. Well, Roger, first, I'd like to say good on you for not falling for the old speed up your Mac with this program that you download thing. Um, That's great. Great advice for everyone. Do not install those programs. Um, However, there is one program you can check out called C Cleaner. That's C Cleaner. Uh, at piriform.org, P-I-R-I-F-O-R-M.org, and they do have uh, a version for the Mac. I would run that and see if it just has a bunch of temporary files and stuff in there that it needs to clean up. Um, Also, you may consider adding RAM to that computer because that could also help. 
Um, regarding your battery, um, most of your online retailers like Amazon or eBay are going to be your best location for stuff like that uh, for consumers. So I would say um, look up your uh, MacBook serial number uh, and make sure that you've got the right Mac identified. Also remove your battery and get the number off of that and just look that up on Amazon or eBay. Now I caution you, when you purchase off of eBay, it's very easy to get second rate parts. So try to read seller ratings and those types of things. That way you don't buy something that you can't send back or that you're going to have a lot of problems with because I believe you've had enough problems as it is. Um, in fact, I would probably recommend going with Amazon, typically because they have a 30-day window for returns and those types of things. And Amazon is really great about handling those issues, whereas eBay, it's kind of up to the seller that you get it from. Thank you very much, and I appreciate your comments. Would you say again, is it Perform, P-U-R-F-O-R-M? I'm sorry, that's Piriform, P-I, as in igloo, R-I-F-O-R-M, dot org. P-I-R-I. F-O-R-M. You got it. You could also just Google C-Cleaner. Say that again. I'm I'm having trouble hearing you. No problem. Sorry about that. You could Google C-Cleaner. C-Cleaner. That's Charlie, Charlie, Lima, Echo, Alpha, (laughs) Roger, Nevada, Echo, Roger. The cleaner, uh, gotcha. You, you Did I miss an, an A? You, you threw in an you extra. Threw an R. You threw in a Roger. Yeah, <laughs> cleaner, cleaner. So you're gonna have a clean, <laughs> cleaner home. Yeah, yeah. Clean, see cleaner, see cleaner. Now, one thing you, uh, I, I was just having a thought. You one need of the things. Brush you, up on your uh, military alphabet. I, I, I do all right. Usually, I call Adobe a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> one thing you might want to look at also for some of those batteries. Um, and let's see, Roger, you're in Florence, so. I know we have a couple of different battery shops around here in Jackson, like Batteries Plus and Interstate Batteries, and sometimes we've had some pretty good luck out at work with uh, getting some older devices, batteries from them. So they may be a, a local resource as well. All right. Great call. Th- uh, Roger, thank you so much for your call. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to Eddie in Meridian, and Phil is going to be on in just a moment. We do have a couple lines open if you want to join the show. Today we've been talking about computers, what to consider when buying a new one, or how to remedy the issues with the one you already have. Maybe they can be repaired. Uh, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions or comments about computers, the way they run, or buying a new one. We'll talk about refurbished items when we get back. 877-MPB-RING is the number or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org We'll be back in just a moment. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Wiltz Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel Jackson in Flowood and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today we've been talking about some things to consider when buying a new computer. Uh, Also, maybe you can repair the one you have and don't have to buy a new one. So we've been talking about those things, how to remedy some computer issues. Um, And I have a quick question about buying refurbished. Uh, is that a good idea? We can well. First of all, what is a refurbished item is, and, and is it a good idea to invest in something like that? 
Uh, Refurb computer is one that was either previously used or it had something go wrong with it in the factory. And so they had to kind of send it back through a second time. Um, In most cases, I suggest people buy refurb computers, believe it or not. Um, And a lot of people wince when they hear that because, oh, refurb, they they do have a bad name, but um, they are cheaper. And if you can find a manufacturer or a seller that will give you one with a one year warranty, it's no different than going and buying a brand new computer. Okay, and is is it similar to just buying a used car? Is that would that be the comparison? Refurb no, no, I wouldn't say that's a, a fair comparison because um, they don't replace just anything in it. They pretty much only replace like a faulty part. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say used car is not quite the right thing unless it was a previously used device. But it's not that's not always the case. So mm-hmm. you can't okay. say that's a you know a guarantee. Gotcha. You yeah. Got something. Yeah, and the thing is too, a lot of people may not know is that. Um, Especially with the popularity of some of your, you know, we've had a couple of callers today talking about Macs and everything. Mac has refurbs out there as well. It's not nearly as as well known, but they are there. Um, it's it's not like buying those uh, the the old rental cars. You know, we all know what happens to rental cars when people rent rent cars. You know, they uh, you know test out for the Talladega five hundred and everything else. Got to. But um, but you know those refurb computers usually can save you quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. All right, a couple calls to get to. We go to Eddie in Meridian, who has a question. Good morning. Eddie, what do you have for us? Hey there, how you doing? Doing well. Yeah, I've got a Windows 7 PC, uh, HP. I use a little software thing called Specky by Pureform, which I heard uh, uh, y'all uh, do, do with that CC cleaner, which I use, and I find that really wonderful. But uh, sometimes I check on my uh, vitals on the computer with that uh, Specky and the motherboard temperature Sometimes get a little gets a little high uh, when I do some uh, video streaming. Uh, usually the the numbers are like right now it's at 133 Fahrenheit and it's just idling pretty much. But if I do some video streaming, it goes up to over uh, over 140. The color turns um, uh, from yellow to orange, and I assume that's maybe cautionary or something like. That. Is that is 140? Is that 141? Is that a something to worry about on a, a motherboard uh, temperature? It's it's not it's not great. It's borderline bad. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I would start looking at would definitely be um, look around your fans. Make sure you don't uh-huh. have some dust going on that may be hindering um, hindering some good airflow in there. Usually yeah. your your CPU, that central processing unit, is going to have a, a heat sink and a fan on top of it as well. Those will end up sucking in a little bit of dust and dirt and and pet hair and you know pollen yeah. and everything else that we have in the air here in Mississippi. Uh-huh. Sometimes cleaning those things out, uh, just a little bit of compressed air. Make sure you don't turn the compressed air upside down because it'll blow some refrigerant out on you. But uh, just a little bit of compressed air sometimes will really just kind of help to maybe get that airflow going back. And you might see those temperatures drop a little bit. And was this a desktop or a laptop? It's a desktop. It's an HP, uh, mm-hmm. small form factor. Okay. Uh, lies flat. You know, it's got the silver top and bottom. Do you have any idea what processor it has in it? Yeah, I'm looking at my Specy here, and uh, it's got an Intel, uh, Intel Duo, Duo, right? Intel. A Core Two Duo. Model Q35. Uh huh. Okay, uh, that is that is a that's a little bit high for your uh, for your particular processor. I would say you need to, uh, like Wilk said, blow off the fan. Uh, you may also want to uh, check the uh, the thermal grease on it, and you may need to check it into a repair shop to do that. Uh, sometimes yeah. that thermal grease will dry out and it'll go bad, and it won't be able to conduct anymore the way it needs to. 
Um, yeah. So look into replacing that as well. But I would say um, I would not continue to run my computer uh, at that temperature because that's about five degrees north of what a Core 2 Duo is actually rated to uh, output safely. But, uh, yeah, that, I didn't understand it because that's the first time I saw that color change. I knew that, that well, that must mean something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, that's why the specy level software, they're saying that that's uh, getting in the danger zone is the color change. And when it goes up to, like I said, about 140 or 141, something like that. Well, what is the uh, the, uh, the limit on a Intel Core Duo? Is there a standard heat rating or something? Uh, yeah, um, that one's rated between uh, 45 and 55 degrees Celsius, which uh, is roughly, let's see, 131 degrees Fahrenheit. So actually that's 9 degrees north of what, yeah, I, I would not be using that computer right now. I would shut it down and, and check it into a shop and get them to check the grease on it because you could burn out your processor and then you'd really be in trouble. All right, Eddie, thanks for your call and good luck to you. Our final call goes to Phil in Gulfport. Phil, we're a little short on time. What is your question? Hello? Hi, Phil, you're on the air. Hi. Yes, uh, this is more of a warning for everybody and a question of how they do it. Um, frequently I'll get on my computer and a few minutes later the phone will ring and it'll be Roger from the Windows Engineers and they found that something drastically wrong with my computer and you know they're trying to fish information. How do they know when you get on the computer? I'm they, strictly Mac. They, they don't. Um, that's a poop shoot. They don't know that you're on the internet. It's just something that they send out and they luck up on people who think, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with my computer. So to anyone listening, Microsoft or anybody is is not going to call you to tell you that they've detected problems with your computer. Your ISP won't do it. Comcast, AT&T, none of them are going to do that. So if anyone calls you, tell them, I have a computer guy and I'll get in touch with him. Thank you. Click. And block the number. And block the number, absolutely. They are trying. I mean, you're absolutely right. I think you even alluded to it, um, Phil. They're definitely trying to to fish and to scam you there. All right, Phil. Thank you so much for your call. Good luck to you uh, moving forward. Now, Jeremy said he has a haiku for us today uh, to end the show. We have about 30 seconds, Jeremy. Okay, so I didn't want to uh, do a joke because that was Ashley's thing, but uh, (laughs) I figured a haiku would be appropriate. So here's my haiku for today. Updated my phone, and now it won't come back on. Call ET Wednesday. Yes, good one. Good All right. One. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, uh, Jeremy and Wilts, for being in today. Jonas Adams was our board operator. I believe Kevin Farrell was our call screener. No, Kevin was not. Sam Wells was our call screener. Thank you, Sam. That's going to wrap us up here on Everyday Tech. If you didn't get to call, you can send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. The original Southern Remedy is coming up next with Dr. Rick DeShazo. This is Think Radio on MPB.